Hello, welcome to episode 261 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Rick Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. It's nice to see you on Zoom. After what has been a very testing day for myself, I'm delighted to see you and to talk about movies, movies for an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. Let's be whimsical for a bit. Yes, yeah. After, after a testing real world day, this is nice to be able to, to, to tune in and do this for a, for yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah get a bad show to me and, and cheer up a wee bit. Precisely, wee precisely. Bit. So are yeah. you drinking anything tonight of note? Um, uh, well, you won't think it's of note, no, but okay. this always impresses me. Um, I, I've went traditional. Um, Bex. Bex. I actually don't mind a Bex. It's one of those sort of real world, it's sort of one of those really cliche ones and sort of like mass market that I actually do not mind a Bex now and again. I it's just a nice, crisp, clean German style lager. Yeah. It's just, yeah, no nonsense, just exactly what it is. And it's it's I like offensively refreshing. Like when you drink it when it's yeah. cold, it, like it does clear the palate in a way that you're, you really want on a, on a summer's yeah, day. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against a, be- a Bex, actually. I quite like a Bex. So, yeah, a bit bland, but yeah. doing a job tonight. What are you doing? Uh, well, no, I've, I've, got, I've got a very big glass of water, so you're definitely more exotic than myself. I have got your water to, to keep myself entertained tonight. Wow, Bex being exotic, that's, um, that, that's quite, quite <laughs> well, compared unusual. To, compared to Ayrshire ice water, it's definitely more exotic than, um, than what I've got. <laughs> well, before we start the cinema viewing, let's um, pay homage to someone who passed away yesterday, um, and that is director Wolfgang Peterson. Which I'm ashamed to say, you texted me yesterday uh-huh. and you said Wolfgang Peterson's passed away, and, and I, I didn't know who he was, so I had to look him up, and then when I looked him up... You should know, know who he is. is. I, yeah, I do. He's directed two of my favourite movies ever, which yeah. I'll tell you in a minute which ones. So he passed away at 81. He's obviously, with a name like Wolfgang Peterson, the man was exceptionally German. I think we he, could tried, he tried Beck's, so he did. He tried <laughs> Best known, I would say best known, but probably yeah. I say I say his best film he did, I think, was Dad's Boots, which I think is a phenomenal movie, and I, I love that film. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful movie, um, but probably as children, um, we all watched Never Ending Story, which was yeah, like sort which of an is absolute favorite number one. Yep. Yeah. Um, but also he done stuff like um, you've got was all the ones he done that I really like as well. Let me get them for you. Um, and the Line of Fire. Yep. Good movie. Yeah. One of my personal favorites that I watched unending as a child was Outbreak. Like yes. I watched that a lot as a kid. Like that, that me and my uh, sisters used to watch that all the time, and I still. I made my kids oh. watch that when the pandemic first started. Did you? <laughs> I was like, right, watch this movie. The kids were like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> um, Air Force One as well, wonderful film yeah. as well. Harrison um, Ford. The Perfect Storm, which I found a lot of joy in. The Perfect Storm as well. Really good film, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was late to the party with that one, but. Damn good film. Damn yeah, good yeah. film. You've got Troy as well. You've got Poseidon. Yeah. Um, so just a really a guy who knew how to direct. He knew how to make a good movie, I think is the best way to say it. Um, and movies that really held your attention. And yeah. maybe films that were made for cinema. You know, made to be seen in a cinema screen. I think that's the way yeah, I would film it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An entertainer at, at highest order. What was your favourite? I never uh, said number one. What was the other one? Enemy Mine. I was going to say that. I'm seeing the one you would like. Brilliant film, just I, I watched that so many times in, in the nineties. I mean, when I was like a kind of teenager, it was forever on. But the VHS and yeah. watch it again and again. Um, yeah, when you said the name, I just I, I was like, I don't know who he is. And then when I looked up IMDb, I was like, I do know who he is. I mean, yeah. so just I didn't have the association with him in those films. Um, but yeah, he was a he was definitely a master craftsman for sure. Yeah, knew exactly sure. what he was doing and how to do it and how to do it well. I think the way yeah. he put it, you know. Um, yeah. I, I knew I knew I like his Dennis Quaid and Lewis Gossett Jr. Of course, yeah. you would like that film. How could you not like it? Aliens <laughs> and everything. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's fantastic. 
Amazing. Um, but yeah, so Wolfgang Peterson, one of the best, I think, of what he did. And you can't really fault his filming. He's, got, he, he's not got enough film. To, he's not like got like a, a Spielberg or a Scorsese level of like sort of output, I would say. But he's got enough mm. films that you can go, that was a good, he, he had a good body of work you can enjoy. Yeah, there was, I don't, when I was looking through everything he's directed, um, out with the, the kind of shorts that he done and kind of the German stuff, there's, there's nothing that you would say was a bad film. You know, they're yeah. all, they're all very good watchable films and, and yeah. all enjoyable as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New films. So well well done, Wolfgang. Well done, Wolfgang. Well done, sir. Yeah. And they had a fucking amazing name, Wolfgang. Man, Wolfgang Pearson's a phenomenal name, isn't it? Yeah, as well. It sounds totally like Wolfgang. You know... Fuck's sake. Call your kid Wolfgang. That kid's safe for life. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, out of the cinema stuff, you watched anything at home of interest um this week? A uh, couple of things this week. Okay. Uh, so last night we were on to episode nine of Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Um, so I'm still still chewing that through. Uh, I think we've got one more to go next week. Yeah. Is the, the the finale of it? Um, again, um, it's building and building. We had that really kind of saggy bit in the middle, but it's kind of really the last two or three episodes. It's you know you know it's back uphill again. Um, That's good. And, and no, a great episode this week. Um, who mm. is it? It's in it. Um, it's really standout performance. I was dead impressed from. Oh, what's the fellow's name? Um, oh. I'll come back to him. We'll check in a wee second and see his name. But um, there's one guy, and he's playing a cop, um, and he is absolutely amazing at it. He's like a kind of 90s, noughties kind of actor um, that, that's always overlooked. Give me two seconds and I'll find his name. Mm-hmm. Um, say something while I'm doing this. Is he, in, is he in like all the episodes or just sort of like just some of the episodes? Uh, he's just in, in some of them. Um, I know his name. Um, I look for it now. Nathan, no, not Nathan Lane. No, not, not, not Nathan Lane. Michael Rappaport. Yes, he is yes. outstanding on it. He's, the character he plays is brilliant, and he plays the character so, so well. Because um, he was kind of... He's always been in the fringes, Rappaport. Do you know what I mean? Um, Very much so. I think he's actually really big. I think he's got a podcast now that makes him really famous. He saw people like his podcast. I think we're making him up with something else. I'm sure he's got a oh, podcast. That's quite meta. Yeah, um, but I know if I, he's done like he does lots of voice work, I think as well. Um, he did a he, he was in a he was kind of set for life. I think he done like a a sitcom that done like a good eight or nine seasons. Hmm. Um, at one point that sort of like really obviously like once you do that kind of once you do that kind of work, um, you're set up for life essentially. Yeah. To like you know you don't have to really do that much. I'm sure it was him that done a, a, a big game um, sort of. Um, like I said, a bit sitcom, but yeah, everything you see, he's always one of the he's got a weird looking face. He sort of he looks like everyone, but then not like anyone in a yeah. weird way. Like um, I, th- I found last night when I was watching it because he's, he's getting older now, but um, he, he looks more and more like Ed O'Neill. Yeah. So he does. He study, you could put him in Ed's, you know, like a kind of fucking Bundy's reunion fucking oh. TV show, and he would be his brother, and you'd be like, yeah, that works. <laughs> it's just utterly bizarre, but yeah, it's just. Sometimes I look at him and go, he's fucking Ted Bundy. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Not a comedy, sorry. He's in a, he's in a TV series called Boston Public. Um, right. He was in that for 60 episodes, so that'll probably set him up pretty pretty solidly for life Aye. as well. You know, being in that. The War at Home is his, his um, sitcom that he got like three years out of. So again, that's a decent run as well. That would help him out as well. Yeah, so, it's like yeah. nine years of steady working paychecks. Yeah. yeah. Could be quite comfortable after that. Yes. But he, he's been he's been really really good. Says, but yeah, good episode. Um, looking forward to the finale next week. Um, the other thing I've been watching that um, 
under Lorraine's suggestion is Under the Banner of Heaven. So uh, this, this is Detective Disney Plus. Disney Plus Detective investigating a murder in the Mormon community, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so and the based on a true story, yeah. um and in, in Utah the police um, are called out um and uh, they find the wife and the baby has been been brutally murdered. Um, and it's just um, name investigating that the, the, the kind of spin on it is, which I think isn't true to what really happened, but to give it the kind of Hollywood um, true detective kind of spin, is the detective that's investigating it as a Mormon as well. Right. Uh, you know, so he's got to then Exactly, do you know what I mean? Um, and it's uh, Andrew Garfield, please, mm-hmm. said detective Mormon. Um mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Detective Mormon is a great name for a TV show, by the way. <laughs> going, going about, you know, it's time for a wife count, how many wives she got? Okay. <laughs> um, Garfield um, seldom disappoints. Um, you know, he, he, he's he's an actor. Um, you know, he's not just a pretty boy. He's, he's very good at what he does, agreed. agreed yes. Yeah, and he's, he's great in this. He plays like really kind of clean cut kind of, you know, stand-up citizen character, which, again, he can do with, you know, his eye closed. Um, and so he he's great in it. Um, we've also got Sam Wallington's in it. Um, yes. Playing a role that suits him. Um, it's, it's a, I, I think Sam's a good actor, given the right roles. I think Hollywood, we've spoken about this before, once wanted to make him a big, thing. big thing, and it yeah. never really sat well. Yeah. Um, but in things like this, I think he's, he's amazing. Um, one of the Culkins is in it, the, the lesser-known one. Yeah, um, he's very good in it as well. Um, they're all strikingly weirdly similar looking. The Culkins aren't they? They're all very, you know. Oh, also, Wyatt Russell's in it as well. Wyatt Russell has been outstanding as well, and uh, the girl that was in Crawdads as well. Yeah, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones. Yep, she's every performance in this show mm. dude is absolutely phenomenal. There, mm. There's not a bad performance in the whole thing. Um, that that's what's captivating. It's a hard watch though because yeah. it's religion heavy. Mm. Um, it throws religion at you, and if you're not familiar with the kind of Mormon religion, um, it's you kind of wade through it, which I'm mm. kind of doing quite a bit. Um, I think Lorraine's a bit more clear about Mormons than I am. Um, with kind of podcasts and stuff like that, and she's yeah, just a just... smarter person than me, basically. She knows more shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's kind of a bit more comfortable. I'm kind of, I, I do find it hard trying to kind of get into, you know, right. the, the kind of preaching and the way they're speaking and stuff mm. like that. Um, but I'm appreciating it for just the performances alone are worth the watch, even if you don't quite get, you know, what's going on. The performances are absolutely outstanding. So we're halfway through that. Um, we've got three to go, and I would really, really recommend it. As a it's one of what I do want to watch again. It's like seven episodes long. I do quite fancy watching it. Yeah. Um, it's just finding the time to watch it. Um, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, it's too many shows, not enough time, my friend. Um, but yeah, put it on your list, and when you get around to it, you will very much enjoy it. I think, I think so. Well. Yeah, it, yeah. Seems like one of those, it will be a one and done. It's not going to be something they can keep dragging on. It'll be one of those ones you sort Stark. of discuss. It's a mini-series, yeah. Yeah, it's dark material, one and done. I don't think there's any more, because it's a true story as well, um, yeah. you know, it's done. But it's not something you would rewatch either, because it is, it kind of takes its toll on you, do you know what I mean? There's not yeah. much to be a happiness to be found watching it's it It's like that well. Mayor, of, remember Mayor of East Town was on during the lockdown. Yeah, the that as well. Well, This is very good, but I'm not going to watch this again. This is not a, this is not a fun watch. Again, it's just dark and grim, and you feel kind of mucky at the end of it. Do you know what I mean? You like, yeah. don't want to go through that again. I enjoyed it, but I don't want to put myself through it. So that's that's a great watch stuff. So you can catch up with us. I will get that. Yes. 
Um, that's pretty much it in terms of TV shows for me. Um, everything else is movies. I'm much the same. Um, I have started watching Sandman, which I'll talk about when I finish Sandman because I am four into it and I'm very much enjoying it. Yeah, um, yeah. I am intrigued to see how they land the ship and how they bring it home and things like that. But so far, four episodes in, very much loving it. Um, and I'll yeah, talk yeah. more about it probably next week when I when I hopefully I finish it off. But yes, Sandman, as you did recommend last week, is phenomenal. Um, it's very compelling. You do want to watch it, though. There's yes. not many shows that you kind of think, do you know what, it's like 11 o'clock, I should go to bed, I'm going to sneak in one more, it's, it's it got does, that compulsion to it. Yeah. It pulls you in, it draws you in, yeah, and you feel mm-hmm. you want to know about it, and it's such a, it's such a, a vivid world that you don't recognise, but it is such a vivid world, and everything feels so lived in that you want to sort of explore it more, so um, yes, very much enjoying that, but beyond that, let's talk about movies, Colin, that's what we're here yes, for, talk about some movies that we've seen this week, so film. So we're going to start with probably the best one of the bunch. Well, I think the best one of the bunch this week, and that is um, One Out Cinema. I saw it last week. You just saw it this week. And that is a film called Nope, which is directed by Jordan Peele, um, who is director of films such as Get Out and Us. You know, both films that I think were excellent. And um, particularly Get Out, Us. Took a while for me to really appreciate Us quite as much as I did, but um, Get Out, I thought, was a phenomenal film from like almost mm. minute one. Um, Agreed. Yeah. The plot of this one is a very interesting. It's, it's it's hard to be spoilery with the plot. I don't want, I don't want to spoil what the movie is because there is spoiler elements to what this film could be. Um, but essentially, you've got a brother and sister who live on a ranch in sort of the, the valley of California who work in the movie industry, supplying horses to the sort of the, the the movie movie sets. Yeah. yeah. On their set, or on their in their house, they're essentially are. Uh, there's something in the sky that they think is watching them. Um, they're not sure what it is, but they try and go about trying to film this thing to basically prove the existence of aliens. And also to make some... Make some, some money. It's the idea that this is a money pressure. shot. This is the, the, yeah. the Oprah shot, they call the it. Oprah shot, yeah. The Oprah shot. They try and make enough money to sort of leave this life behind and become you know, famous and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's essentially the story um, of the film. It's them trying to capture this and, and everybody who's drawn into that world around it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that is base element. With without spoiling it, yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's hard, it's a hard. One. hard yeah, there's there's spoiler yeah, elements, so we don't want to ruin about it. So you yeah. also in the film you got Daniel Kaluuya, who's very much quickly turning into I think Jordan Peele's De Niro. Yeah, definitely, yeah. it's his muse, isn't it? That that's his, you know, he's writing characters. For the actor, yeah, yeah, you feel. Yeah. I don't want them two films so far together. You feel that they do, they do sync up in the same way. De Niro syncs up with Scorsese. You know, you feel that there's yeah. that, that, yeah. that connection. Um, Kiki Palmer plays the sister. Uh, Brandon Perea is on it as well. Um, he plays uh, the guy who works in the Radio Shack. Radio yeah. Shack. Uh, Michael Wincott. He plays sort of like a crazy ass um, cinematographer who acts. I love, love Michael Wincott. Yeah, Wincott is so underappreciated. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Criminally, so criminally. Yeah, you get, uh, Stephen Young playing um, sort of a, a rancher ex TV star who's who's yeah. involved somewhere, and mm-hmm. Keith David plays the dad, who's only a very small scene in it, but we have to mention him because he is he, Keith, he's Keith David. David. He's he Keith David. It. He owns, he owns it. it. <laughs> um, I'll let you start this because I've got a feeling I might. If I, if I start off it, you're gonna you're gonna hurt me, Colin. Um, so what did you think of this one? <laughs> um, I really didn't like it. I don't think you would um, at all. Um, yeah. I went in. So to, to start out, get out as you said was, was phenomenal viewing. Um, I really, really liked it in a big, big way. Um, Us got me, but not as big. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Good premise and stuff like that. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as get. Out. So I was going into this expecting big things. Um, mm. You know, 
Jordan Peele's in the film. Here we go. Yeah. I've kind of followed the hype and stuff like that. Um, and I was sorely, sorely disappointed. Dude. Um, a few reasons. Um, one thing in particular that really kind of got me, um, Lorraine had said the same as well, is I couldn't get a lot of the dialogue. I don't know if it sounds... Nah, no, I'm, I'm not going to hear you. That was an issue myself as well. The, the mix, I don't know if it's the side of the cinemas we've seen it in, or it's the, mm. the, I don't know if it's the cinema's fault, or the movie goes, or the movie maker's film um, point. But I was much the same. It, yeah. I, had, it had to, I was, at times, time to really work to hear the dialogue. I'm not denying yeah. that yet. Yeah, and that was really, really kind of off-putting. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I found the first 25 minutes bored me to the point where I just completely lost interest right. so that when the, the the movie did start unfolding it knew what it was going to become mm-hmm. it was kind of I checked out by that point uh, okay um unfortunately um the cinematography um so plus his cinematography yeah. is beautiful um, some, yes. some, some great shots um michael wincott uh, wincott was great um yeah. it's uh, like a, almost like a cuts type figure or, or even like um, quint from jaws imagine being what's the director that that Kind of Herzog, Werner Herzog, yes, yeah. I almost imagine that nah, yeah. would have been like, yes, know, like agreed, that, yeah, yeah, insanity, yeah, bonkers. Um, the, the girl playing the sister, she was outstanding. Key Palmer, um, yeah, she was excellent. I had yes. dialogue out with, you know I, mean? I didn't get the dialogue, but you got the gist of you know, the, the emotion, the content, yes, the context agreed. of the Um, so she, she was listening. I thought Daniel was a bit wasted. Um, we know he can do that, that, that kind of you know, hard stare. We know he can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen it, you know, he does it a lot, but it seemed to be that was all he done. Um, I just don't think he'd done much with the character at all. Mm. Um, Stephen Yen turned in a, a decent performance. Um, you know, he's walking dead fell for everyone that doesn't know who, yep. who Stephen is. Um, and Keith, of course, was was exceptional as well. So <laughs> performance-wise, um, as I said, Daniel, I thought, was maybe underutilised, possibly. Yeah. But um, performance was okay. Cinematography w- was fantastic. But I don't know. I just found it boring. It just never grabbed me for a start enough for me to invest in actually focusing. Um, and I think because of that, I think a lot of it went over my head. Um when we came out of the cinema, kind of, I'd said a few things to Lorraine. You know, I was, I was like, "Why was that?" And when she said, she basically explained the movie to me, and I was like, "I didn't really get any of that at yeah. all." Um, so that was that was my experience. Sorry, man. No, I get it. That's it. That's the thing I would get. Like, I, I can appreciate people who are saying that. I do understand where they're coming from because this film is making a point about spectacle and scope. And mm. I think right now in cinema, cinema and even life in general, and with most media, people are expecting to see everything in their face. They don't. They have no time yeah. in order to not see something. So this is very much a throwback picture to something from the seventies. So essentially, you could break it if you want to take it as an absolute base level. It's Jaws in the sky, you know. It's yeah, you know yeah. you take yeah. away the, the sky is the sea, and the thing they're looking for is the shark. That's yeah. rather than trying to kill it, trying to photograph it. it. Basically, that's what it is. You've even got a character you've got like you could almost plant David. Um, sorry, Kalua could be, for example, could be Brody. The sister could be Hooper. You know, yeah. you could have yeah. like the cinematographer is Quint in every yeah. sense of the world. You know, so you could easily sort of not easily, but you can definitely find them the the, the structure in that. So yeah. at the very base level, is about. Them, it's, it's a kind of jaws movie and try to cap, you know, photograph a monster or, or you know deal with a monster. Yeah. Um, 
But it's also touching on the idea of like sort of spectacle and fame. You know, you're a bit when the Insta um, fame almost, isn't it? Yeah, almost, yeah, a bit yeah. the TMZ photographer turns up and what he's mm. saying to Kalura. Yeah. You know, take my picture, take my picture. And it's sort of like he's almost offended that yeah. Kalura would have this opportunity to take a pic, you know, to, to film something that he could sell for, you know, 50k or something like that, and he doesn't do it. That's almost like it's almost making a point of like this that, that kind of insta yeah. fame. Um yeah. I'm kind of the opposite of you. I thought it was stunning. I thought it looked absolutely beautiful. And I will give you the dialogue issue was something that did wrangle me a little bit. I had to sort of, I had to sort of, I had to work to hear some of the dialogue. Yeah. Particularly when it was um, them outside. Not so much yeah. when they're in the studios or in the sort of, and in sets, but when they're outside in the sort of fields and the things like that, I did struggle to understand what they were, what they were saying. I don't think it's yeah. a problem with the, the dialogue. It's a problem with the mix. Um, so I don't know if, and again, I don't know if it's a mix of problem with the film or a problem with the cinemas who sometimes at times don't know how to um, show films off at times. So yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I think I would like to rewatch it with subtitles, perhaps. I would actually be the same. I would actually mm. like to watch it subtitles as well, see how much more is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. But for me, Jordan Peele is event cinema. Like in the same way that I want to see Spielberg, I want to see a Nolan film, I want to see you know a Coppola film in the cinema. Jordan Peele's in that way that I, I want to see it and I feel like it deserves that level of scope, but I don't think he ever, so far he's not failed to deliver what I think mm. is cinematic. In this film, for every inch of what it was cinematic, it delivers things you haven't really seen before. You know, like, you know, this finale is something that was sort of, it is truly unique in what, in what yeah. it was delivered. It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not it's bringing back the same thing again and sort of doing sort of a lazy payoff. What it gives yeah. you at the end is something, but I do get that it won't be for everyone because yeah. it's people, it's, it's maybe, Almost teaching an audience to to be more than it was in the past, when it has to sort of wait and appreciate and wait for them. Yeah, the payoff, the payoff rather than yeah. you know, rather than in the first ten minutes. Well, you came for a Transformer film or a Godzilla film. There's Godzilla and Optimus Prime in the first three minutes. We're not going to make you wait for them. That was a big thing. People said the Godzilla film, the first one. There was no Godzilla until quite late on. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's like you're building up. It's not necessarily about him. It's about something else. But then the second film, they made it, you go like, well, there's Godzilla in the first 10 seconds because we know that's what you want, that's what you came for, so I'm going to show it. And there is a, there is a joy to not showing something and allowing that film to build the tension, to build in the... the yeah, that, that, I, think, I think another part of the problem was is that there's an awful lot going on. So there's a side story which I won't, I won't ruin. Um, I'll, I'll kind of say words, but it won't mean anything if people <laughs> haven't seen it. Um, so the whole Stephen Young side story... Yes. Um, do you know what I mean? It's just that there's that going on. There's the main story going on. The flashback story, the seeking the instant fame. Then it's intersped with like, you know, titles as well. So each segment's different horses as well. Um, you've got the, the Michael Wincott bits you know, where he's sitting watching the movies and stuff. So there's a lot going there's on. Lot going and on. I just feel that it, it doesn't it, it doesn't pull the strings to to bind it enough. Possibly. I think there's a thing. I think there's enough there in the first viewing to get something from it and get the general meaning from it. But I think it's one of those films when you rewatch it and you're watching and you're not just trying to grasp it, so you can actually see other things in the film. Mm. You're going to mm-hmm. get more from it in the same way. Like Get Out was the same. Us was the same. Once you yeah. when you're not when you're just not trying to follow the story the first time around, you're, you're able to watch it again from maybe a slightly mm. a step back. You'll get yeah. more from it. But Lorraine wants it. She, Lorraine thinks the same. She thinks the second view will be, yeah. be be the way to go. But um, I, I'm going to ask you one thing, and I, I don't want to your thoughts are. Um, I've kind of looked online for this, and there's no definitive answer. So maybe there isn't one. Possibly, uh, maybe oh. this is the point. Mm-hmm. Um, the shoe. 
in the studio. Not entirely sure either. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. It yeah. felt like it was important, but it never really that never really got revealed as to what because the instant when that happens is important. Yeah, like that's important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the shoe itself seemed. In, I'm not. I'm saying I've not. I've not seen any reason why. I'd be interested to hear what Jordan Peele says about it. About, uh, yeah, I don't think he's seen anything about it. I think he's like, yeah, you fucking make up your mind. Um, which is, I like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you know, I'm not, I'm not that, yes. you, do you know what I mean? Fucking figure it out. Do you know what I mean? You make it what you want. Um, but kind of. I'm all right at picking up. I can watch a complex film and I can usually get them, but the rest yeah. one, honestly, I came out and I was just like, what the fuck? Um, he, even with the horses, Stephen June, mm. and the horses, Lorraine had to explain that to me. I did, I, my brain didn't even, I don't know if I just, I'd so tuned out that I didn't even realise, yeah. you know, that's what was going on. I was like, when she explained that to me, I was like, really? Do you know, do you know what I mean? That's how yeah. behind the plot I was. I was just, you know, miles away from the movie. That's um, what I think. It, uh, even for myself, I reckon I need a second view to really properly appreciate, even more so than what I did watching the first movie. I want a second view of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. De- de- there's a lot in there. There definitely is. I don't know if you need, you need to segment it, do you know what I mean? Like take a chunk at a time and analyse and then, you know, let your brain move on to the next one. But um, as I say, it has got its place. It, it did look amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, absolutely beautiful. And, and, and the majority of the cast were, were fantastic as well. And it is good to see something different because as you say that they, they cannot end 20 minutes it is something that's you, you've not seen before do you know no. what I mean? it, it, it's quite kind of well um although i did prefer the first form to the second form agreed yes yeah i was i was i thought that was cooler i was like no don't don't do that to it leave it yeah. alone um, but yeah they didn't it's, it's really hard not to spoil this isn't it is, this, yeah. this is a really tough one to to not spoil it anymore. out of 10 what are you giving it Give it a four out of ten. Oh, harsh. Uh, I know, I know. Dude, uh, I can't give a high score to something that I don't kind of feel understood. I mean, that shit, that's just throwing a score at it for the sake of it. So I'm being honest to, to my experience that, that it was a four, um, and that's okay. for the actors. Um, you're going to give it what? Ten. Oh, ten? Yeah, wow. I thought it was... I, I, as, as spectacle at cinema, I came out utterly enthralled by it. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's one of the rare occasions where I've maybe seen you see it again, see it all dropping in scope, you know, once I see it again. Mm. And from just what I got from the first time around, it felt like pure cinema to me. So I, I, I'm very high on it. Do you think it's something that's going to translate to a small screen? That's my worry a little bit. It does. It feels very epic in that respect. Because it is it's big, yeah. I think, I, I think a small screen, I think if you've seen it, not so much, you'll not mind, but I think if you've seen it for the first time on a small screen, I think it's going to lose a lot of the grandeur and spectacle possible. And, yeah, I think people might, it's a problem as well, if it's on a small screen, you're sitting at home watching it, the phone comes out, you know, you don't quite pick up on what's mm. on what's happening, whereas if it's, um, you know, on your small, on your big screen, you're sort of, you're captured in that moment to, to Yeah, watch your it. eyes can only look in one, one place and exactly. you don't know where else to go. Um, I do feel that, that Peel is in danger of, of heading down the Shireman Road. No, no, no. But look, there is a lot of signs in this. Yeah, there's very much a lot. A lot of Spielberg, a lot of signs. Um, I would say in it as well, like the movie signs, not signs as in like signs. But but I, I don't mean in. I don't mean in, in kind of terms of style. I mean in terms of you know, like like starts off strong and then over the course of time, kind of fades a wee bit. Um, Shireman's come out. His last couple of films have been back in form again. Yeah, but Shireman did have that. Really fucking a bad, bad thing at one point, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of fear that, that Peel 
could be the same. No, I, I just I think Peel's I think Peel's better than that. I think he knows what he's doing. I think I'm, yeah. I'm, and I think it's a great film. As much as people don't like it, I think it's a wonderful film. Um, I, you know, I think I, I think um, I think looking at reviews, I'd say it's probably a 70 percent is yeah. in favour. What you're saying, and I'm the kind of minority fairy that I'm yeah. just like. I, I don't know, maybe we're just daft as a lot. I didn't get it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Do you know what I mean? You've got to come out feeling like you understood that. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't like to feel daft. No, know, exactly. And people don't like to feel silly when they don't understand something. Yeah. I think maybe. And I also think that the trailers and the posters maybe set you up for one thing. If you don't get that, you have to feel a little bit like, I thought I knew what this was and it's not quite what that was. And that can make yeah. people feel a bit dumb, um, yeah. you know, for it. Anyway. Yeah. From that, let's move on to a film I think we can both agree on, um, and that is a film that's on Sky Cinema right now, and that is called Black Sight, um, directed by Sophia Banks, who directed, who's a feature film debut. She's done that one TV movie, and this might be another TV movie, in fairness. Um, the plot of this film is there's a high-security prison, and women's on the last shift, so it's the last day at the same goddamn job, um, <laughs> but the terrorist who I think kills her brother, possibly, or something. Um, bombed so husband and her husband kids, or something like yeah, so bombed a hospital. And, they and capture him and, and he's getting, yeah. yeah, and he's getting transferred to the, the prison that she's in. So she wants to bring him down and break him as a as a human and, and make him, you know, confess to all the crimes Conf- he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he arrives, all shit breaks loose and basically the prison gets overtaken by him and we're, we're going we're gonna to take the prison on and they're going to launch some sort of attack as well somehow from the prison, which never really is... Yeah, I think the government's going to blow up the prison because it contains lots of secrets. Because, so yes, that's what it is. Yes. a fail safe, then you know, fuck it, we'll kill our own people and blow it up as well. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely absurd. absurd. <laughs> and then you've got Michelle Monaghan, who I absolutely likes, and that's in a lot of stuff. You get Jai yeah. Courtney, who has at times impressed. Um, Jason Clark also has impressed in times. And uh, Favoli Chardon, Chardon, he, um, he's in it as well. Oh, she's in it as well. Sorry. Um, so let's begin this call. I think we now have to put a moratorium on. We don't watch the Sky Cinema releases until we hear something saying it's actually any good because yeah. this is, a, I think, yeah. like, I think this is like four or five in a row now, and they've yeah. all been pretty much fucking horrific. They've been, they've been bad, haven't they? Sky yeah. just, I don't know, I don't understand why because they've got the money. They can get the actors and the directors. So, you know, what's not gelling? There's something obviously. You know well, I can see these are made very, these are made almost cheaply on the Gold Coast because this is all filmed in Australia. It's all filmed in yeah. the North part of Australia. So it must be like this using the same sets because essentially this is the same plot as Interceptor. It's not that much different a plot from that. And it looks like a lot of times the, the same sets they're using from Interceptor as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they try to put something together. But it's just, it's just, it's dull. Um, it's trite, it's pure nonsense. Utter trite, yeah. Um, um, I, I will, to, to give it a sort of, um, positive spin, Let, let's try and be nice tonight a wee bit. Um, okay. It was a terrible film, but the standout in the terrible film was Jason Clark. Jason Clark was fine. The cast were all fine, but you can just feel like they've got a script that they even they know was like, I'm doing this, there's a paycheck yeah. here. The dialogue was like written by a fucking four-year-old child that was... Fucking bitten by a jelly box fish. Yes. It's, it's fucking, yeah, it was nonsense um, from start to finish. Um, and, and Clark, unfortunately, really kind of threw himself into the park. Um, but, you know, when it's a park and a shit fellow, but it doesn't really deserve it. Does it doesn't deserve a level of commitment. Yeah. 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 Um, which I thought was a real shame. Um, Jai Courtney, as you said, can be hit or miss. Um, most definitely. Mostly. Like miss miss. Yeah, miss, yes. <laughs> definitely missing this one. Yeah, yeah. It just um it was quite gory at times. It was quite gory at times, but it just it just felt so I mean it's eighty 
seven minutes long, and I felt even at that it was too long. It was like yeah. it felt, like it, the CGI was subpar, the, the effects yeah. were subpar, the yeah. dialogue um, was subpar. Sub, yeah, yeah. Everything about it just felt like this has been made on a budget. It almost this film felt as much a tax write off as Batgirl might be. You know, somehow <laughs> by making this film, they're paying less tax on because maybe it costs ten million to make. But because they filmed in the Gold Coast, they get like ten million point one back in like tax <laughs> revenue or something. So it's always felt like we'll just turn this out and that'll be it. I feel like that's what it was done with this film. Mm-hmm. You know, you know mm-hmm. that yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's a shame though because the, the kind of blurb I was hoping, you know, I, I did have that that glimmer of hope. I was like, you know, like crazy killer escapes in a prison and runs right and I'm like this you know, have they got it yeah. have they got it and it was yeah, like, good but... ideas they draw us in with the sort of the blobs a good idea and you go yeah. no it's just poor execution uh, no it's just it's bad <laughs> calling really it's very very yeah. bad and like I said I don't like to keep kicking a film when it's down so I'll just say yeah. I'll give it a 3 out of 10 and I gave it a 3 out of 10 as well so. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's not solid. very good this was a solid three out of ten film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think the next Sky movie that, that comes out, I think we'll, we'll kind of hit the reviews quite heavy before we before we to delve our time into. Because even it's much, even like lives. eighty-five minutes shouldn't be something I feel bad about watching, but I felt yeah. like I'd wasted my time watching this piece of Absolutely. shit. Honestly, you know, because I, I think I'd watched it because we were speaking about it beforehand quite late at night, and I said, right, I'm going to go watch it. And I think it was like kind of eleven and a half, eleven at night. I actually went around to watching it, and. I was just so annoyed that I could have slept for that. Oh, yeah, if I I probably, have, well, I'm missing <laughs> sleep for this pitch. Do you know that, that that really annoyed me as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm much the same. Um, so yeah, <laughs> three out of ten from me, three out of ten from you. Uh, on to our third film this week, one that's out in the cinema as well, and that is a film called Where Is Anne Frank? Um, which apparently been released like maybe 2021. But 21, yeah. Yeah, yeah. take a time to get to, to the cinemas here. Um, probably with COVID and all that kind of stuff. And it was from what we were saying yes last week, it's a bit of an event release. It's obviously only in cinema for a very short period of time, I think. Very limited screenings as well, yeah. 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 Um, so it's by Ari Foman. And when you mentioned the film, I hadn't heard of it, but if I'd known the director, I probably would have heard of it because he'd done a film called Waltz with Bashir a few years ago. Which have, keeps coming up. I've not seen it, but it keeps, whenever I look this guy up or this movie, it references that movie as well. Wonderful film, wonderful film. Uh, also in a film, a, a live-action animation called The Congress, which I talk about quite a lot as well. It's got, um, uh, it's about actors who basically scan themselves in and then in their like, sort of performance and that gets used in other films that they've not basically acted in. It's, it's very much, it was done before the whole stuff with Star Wars and stuff is doing that, but it's sort of very much in that, talking about like, what does it mean to be have an identity if, like, if they can just scan you and you... Yeah performance and it's 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 weird how prevalent the film has become. It's got Robin it? Wright Penn as the main actor. Oh wait, I know the one aha, uh-huh, I know the one you mean is it yes, yes, I've not seen it, but I'd know of it. Uh-huh. Very uh-huh. good film. So you get a chance to watch that it's also very good. But the film this one is it's not about that. It's basically about Anne Frank. It's uh, essentially it's when Anne Frank wrote a diary she wrote she, she basically always addressed it to someone called Kitty who was sort of her, her imaginary friend essentially. Yeah. And um, and in this film she comes alive essentially. Yeah. And, and is basically reborn and like sort of as a ghost almost in like sort of now, you know, mm. present day. And yeah. she sort of trying to discover like who, what happened to Anne, what happened to Yeah, where, where's Anne went, yeah. And, yeah. and basically making comment on the, sort of what the world is now rather than, you know, what they thought it might be. And yeah. uh, it's all done in like a very, very stylized animation as well. So mm. that's basically the film. It, the, the, the start, the, the cast list is quite, it's not anyone of real major note, I don't think. Ruby Stokes plays... Um, 
uh, Kitty, Emily Carey plays um, Anne, uh, Sebastian Croft is in it, he plays, uh, he plays Michael Maloney and Sky Bennett, also Ari Foman, he plays the copper in it as well, mm. sort of the police chief. Yeah, so, real gruff chap, yeah. Gruff chief. Yeah. So it's not like a cast you really, you really know, but they, they are all well cast in it. Um, yeah. What do you think of this one? This is... Um... So, so ashamedly to say, I didn't really know. I'd, obviously, I'm aware of who Anne Frank is and where she wrote a diary, um, but I've, I've never read um, the Anne Frank diaries. Um, uh-huh. So I kind of had limited knowledge of Anne Frank as a real kind of living person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went in, we kind of, you know, to get educated almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely came out knowing a bit more about Anne Frank. Mm-hmm. Um Enjoyable film. Um, it does well to steer clear of comparing modern day problems because it kind of tackles how asylum seekers are treated in in the Dutch and in, in Holland, um, and there's a danger of comparing that to how Jews were treated yes. in the war. And it's like you know you can't do that. And you know I was kind of worried that it was going to do that, and I was like, that's not you can't. And they didn't. Um, then, yeah, they, they managed to. You know, keep the two things. The fine line to tread with, you know, yeah, passing yeah. a comment on what, what we do now, but not in any way comparing it to the horrors of that. You know, it's, yeah, it's quite, it's yeah, yeah. So they've done well to, to do that, but um, quite heartfelt film. Um, very much so, yeah. Um, not quite a tear jerker, I didn't think, but you know, the, there were a few you know moments that, that you know kind of got to you and made you feel yeah. sad. You know, <laughs> it probably brought you mm. right down. Um, got you thinking quite reflective as well. Um. And the animation was, as you say, stylized but gorgeously done. Yes. Um, you know, when it's going through, I've never been to Amsterdam, but, no. you know, I could probably imagine walking down the streets of Amsterdam after seeing that. And yeah. I, I'd imagine there's some of the kind of cafes and stuff that shows mm. you are real cafes. So it yeah. kind of, you feel like you're in Amsterdam when you're watching yeah. it. So. Yeah. Uh, voice cast, as you say, I've not heard of anybody that, that's in it, but. In a way, that was good. There's no distraction. You're not suddenly going, "Oh my God, that's yeah, yeah." You know, they, they become the, the, the people. Um, uh, it's in it, but yeah, overall, really enjoyable. Um, more importantly, educational, uh-huh. which is good as well. Um, I don't know how it would sit with younger kids. Um, I'm not really sure who it's targeted at. Um, because I, I think it's not targeted know... towards us, to be honest. But I think you're making a big point about. They make this point about repurposing a name for your own benefit. Yeah, yeah. So the, they make a point of like there's an Anne Frank School, the Anne Frank Bridge, the Anne Frank Hospital. So they've, they've repurposed the Anne Frank name. Yeah. The people who are using this is sort of like the people who talk about the film, the people who use that name as something good are doing things that would be anti who her name is. Yeah. You know, so they're yeah. obviously, it's making a point on that. Like, and the, you know, that's a big thing, you know, how, how quickly. You know, people can repurpose something for their own benefit. You know, the way you saw, like, even simply, you know, Pound Time One Hour, like George Carlin, you see people from the left and right using the same George Carlin clip to yeah. promote their views. You go, like, someone's, someone's not getting the point here, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that this is doing this as well with Anne Frank. Like, you know, you might have, like, very, like, you know, far right almost, you yeah. know, people talking about using Anne Frank as an example or something, you go, I don't think you're really getting who this person is. Yeah, there's a, there's a pride in the name, but yes. your country's actions are not, you know, abiding to that person. Ah, and I, that's the point I'm trying to make a lot of Yeah, yeah, definitely. But what did you think of it? 
I enjoyed it much. I enjoyed. It. I thought it was really well done. Really, really lovely animation. Um, very. I hate to use the word quaint, but it felt. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, you know, and it's 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 quite a simple story. Like a lot has got sort of almost supernatural elements to it. No one's singing mm. and dancing in it. There's no sort of big yeah. number in it. There's no sort of, there's some bigger moments in it, but it's it all feels quite safe. Yeah. Which I don't yeah. know if that's a good thing or a bad thing of dealing with something like about Anne Frank. But again, I get the point of the point the story is that we all know what happened to Anne Frank in the film. Yeah. Yeah, it's hot. It's the it's the the, the kitty cat doesn't know what happened, so we don't need yeah. to. It's not a mystery as to what's happened to Anne Frank. Which I think that's and go back to that. It's clever that they've done that. That they've kind of segregated. You know, it, the, the film. It's not a film about Anne Frank. No. it's got in there. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's got a different agenda and it, yeah. they've done well just keeping the two the two separate. Yeah, I think. separate yeah. They could have really went heavy on the Anne Frank thing and made it an Anne Frank film and. That would have been a different film altogether. Not, not and in fairness, we've all seen the Anne Frank film. We all kind of know what Anne Frank is. I know you've yeah. said you maybe didn't. You you, don't, you know that at least you may not read the diary, but yeah. you know the major story of what happened. Yeah. You know, so we, don't, we almost yeah. don't need that story again. But yeah. this is all. This is taking the name of Anne Frank and showing it in a different way, and maybe yeah. trying to get back to the core of what we should be thinking when we think of Anne Frank, of like yeah. who she was as a young girl and what she's done. Um, so yeah, so no, no, I, I, I really, I thought it was really, I had something about it, and it's, it's, it was a nice, a nice. A nice watch, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's always like I always said, animation is not a genre; it's a medium. You know, Absolutely, this film yeah, could easily yeah. have been done live action if they wanted to, but it's just a choice yeah. to do it as animation. Um, so I wouldn't say it's like it's a film you go, oh, it's animated film; it's for kids. I think it's just this is the way the, the director chose to tell his story. Yeah, um, that's has made my choice. Absolutely, yes, agreed. Absolutely. Um, um, I, I like. I was going to say as well. Um, it's nice to see an animated film that's not. Disney, you know, it's not trying to make cute animals talk and stuff like that, you know, it is quite grounded in realising, I say, like, you know, it takes you through Amsterdam as well, and the characters are quite kind of realistic and quite kind of human, the dialogue's quite kind of natural, do you know what I mean? So it's nice to get away from the kind of all singing, all dancing, shiny looking cars and... I said, people think animation, it means kids' film. Animation, like I said, it's not a genre, it's a medium. You can do whatever you want, you know, you can't say a Miyazaki film is a kid's film straight yeah. off. You know, it's, it's as much an adult film as a kid's film. It just happens to use animation to tell that story. Howl's Moving Castle is not necessarily a kid's film. It's just he chooses that. Some things can't yeah. be done live action. I mean, yeah. This film could probably be done live action. It probably cost more money to do live action, but you could probably have done it live action. Um, so, you know, it, there's a reason to, u- to use it, and it's a, it's a medium of choice for this director as opposed to being, because yeah. it's animation, it's automatically for children, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that, that's the only thing I'm unsure about is would it, it's sad to say, but I mean, speaking as a parent just now and as a dad, like I think if my kids watched it, they might kind of question me for a couple of minutes about Anne Frank, but ultimately they did build me, which yeah. is a shame as well. Um, and I think that's probably reflective of. A lot of kids in today's society, not unfortunately, kids, yes. Um, but I think it is, you know, I think kids would be like, okay, tell me, maybe spend a couple of minutes finding out a wee bit more about Anne Frank and then look on you, TikTok or Instagram, yeah, yeah absolutely, straight afterwards, yeah, yeah. Out of 10, what are you giving it? Um, six and a half. I gave it an eight. I really, yeah. I really got, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really yeah. something. Six and a half. Um, see, it was, it was a nice film, um, a bit heavy handed at times, and um. You know, I said that they kind of walk a 
fine line between you know um, one one model and the other. But yeah, so seven. I'll give it a seven. There you go. Round, seven. Round round okay. seven. Yes. There you go. I will do, do that. Seven and a half out of ten overall. Then. Yeah. Um, on from that, we go to maybe probably the polar opposite of that in many ways. Mm. Um, a Netflix movie was out this week called Day Shift, um, directed by J.J. Perry, who is his debut film, um, but he's well known for doing the stunts and second unit photography on things like John Wick, Fast 9, and Warrior. And mm. um, so, as I listened to, I think it might Kevin Smith talking about it because there's actually quite a lot of directors. People always assume, like, if you're, if you're a writer, you become a director, or if you're a producer, you become a director, but it said, the way to become a director actually to become like the, the, the be a stuntman because all the stuntmen basically they have to direct because they do all the second unit photography at the stunt yeah, work. So yeah. they get very used to doing, you know, camera work, you know, so that's how they can actually make that leap a lot easier. You know, I think David Leach was a, a, a stuntman, stunt director, stunt director and stuff like that. He was, mm. I think, Brad Pitt's stuntman for a long time. Yeah. And you get a guy who does um, John Wick films. He was a stuntman. He was on The Matrix. He was Keanu's stunt double. So he, then moved into filmmaking. I think there are a few other ones um, down the line. Yeah, that I've, the same. I've never really thought about that. Yeah, I suppose, you know, they're, they're setting up, you know, these high-octane action scenes and, you mm. know, you need, there's definitely a, a talent to doing that well. Yeah. And obviously the ones that do do it well are the ones that yeah. take, take that step. Yeah. Aye. So that's yeah. why a lot you find a lot of, like, second... Well, stunt regulars come, like, second unit photography. That's the guys who do all the photography that the film regular doesn't want to do. So they always have to put stuff that's good enough to be seen on camera, though. So they, they get obviously very used to doing doing things. So anyway, that's just a wee aside there. So JJ no, Perry. No, that was uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The plot of this film, essentially, is set in a world where vampires exist. That was yep. the, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got um, a guy who is basically he's a pool cleaner, but that's basically a, a disguise for um, his real job, which is hunting vampires throughout LA. Yeah. And that's essentially it. That's the story, and he's got to try and kill... Basically, it's a union job. He wants to get enough vampires killed. He can make enough money to help him. He's to, to basically reconcile with his, his, his ex-wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much wants to do the right way away from his daughter. And he kills vampires to try and do it. Um, try and do it, yeah. Throughout the story, for whatever reason, his wife and daughter get into trouble. The vampires are after them and he has to go and save them. Save them, yeah. That's, 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 that's yeah. the whole film in a nutshell, yeah. 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 It's the funny thing. You've got Jamie Foxx playing the hard-working blue-collar dad. Um, yep. You've got Dave Franco playing... Dave Franco, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's kind of bumbling assistant. He's yeah. kind of sent to supervise him um, and, you know, tag along. Uh, yeah, you've yeah. got um, Natasha Louis Borazzo. She plays sort of the main baddie in it. Yeah. And, yep. Um, you happily popping up in it with Scott Atkins, which you don't see very... Yeah. In a good up. film, you know, he, he, he does pop up in a lot of shit, So Atkins. Oh, yeah, Scott. He does a lot of films. And he, he does, like yes. 90% of absolute nonsense. But now and again, he does turn out a good film, yeah. He pops yeah. up in something good. Um, also, yeah. Peter Stormer, who I've got a lot of time for on camera. He, he never yeah. never disappoints. Always watchable, yeah. Um, and then the one character who's in the film who, whenever I see his name on a cast list, I always take a sharp and take a breath because it's never a sign of quality, and that was... Um, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say here, don't you? I thought you going to say It was Mr. Snoop Dogg uh, is also Snoop Dogg. in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's never a hallmark of quality, Snoop Dogg, unfortunately. He's... he's... He's not. Um, no, um, but he's, he's you know, Snoop Dogg. You know, he is. He's... We love him. He is. <laughs> he is bigger than life. He's something we all we all appreciate. Even if you're not, a, I'm not really a hip hop fan. I don't think you're much a hip hop yeah, fan. No, either, but much, no, you still no. have a lot of love and affection for Snoop Dogg. Because he's Snoop. Yeah, he's Snoop. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but you start this one. I've I've kind of carried the last yeah. few. Go for it. In terms of acting, he's never really the um the, the, the sort of main <laughs> thing you go for. This <laughs> I thought was. 
It was it was all right. It was a, it was a genuinely yeah. decent Netflix. There was nothing really particularly brilliant about it or particularly bad about it. But I enjoyed this more than say I enjoyed um, the Grey Man. Like I enjoyed this more. And I think it's it made like, it's a fun. further budget. It's yeah, fun. It's, just, it's silly. It's just fun. That, that's what I liked about it. Yeah. Was um, I didn't have to think too hard about plot. No, you know I mean, and it was just nonsense. Um, you know, I like Dave Frankel. He's he's all like Dave Frankel. Well, um, Jamie Foxx, we, we all know, I've known you're going to go to Jamie Foxx. Um, I, I enjoyed Jamie Foxx in this film. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? It just it just done, it cheered me up. You know, I was like, I'm bored, what can I watch? Entertain me, and that's what it done. You know, I wasn't looking for a big blockbuster. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't expecting much from it, and yeah, it ticked my boxes. I think it wants to be Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. But yeah. it's not Dust Till Dawn. It kind of comes off as more of vampires, John. I would say John Carpenter's vampires. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's not as, unfortunately not as bad as John Carpenter's. Because I, I like John Carpenter, but his vampire film wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't, but I like it as well. Yeah, but yeah, Industrial <laughs> um, Dawn probably the top level of this sort of like cliche sort of um, B movie type vampire movie. Yeah, this yeah. is sort of in between the two of them. It's not as bad as vampires, but it's nowhere near as good as Dustal Dawn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And it's not it's not a blade by any stretch of the imagination. It's not anything like no. that. But 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 it was it is but it's watchable. It's, um, very, it's, it's very much I would say it's a very much a Friday night movie. If you're yeah, from the pub absolutely. you put it on you would probably really enjoy it. It feels very much like a nineties action movie in every yeah, way. Yeah. You know? I mean, you see the the plot. You you, you kind of you know you know exactly where it's going to start, where it's going to end, and everything that's going to happen in between. So the plot has been done a million times. It doesn't try and do anything new. It knows what the genre is. It knows how to play it, and I think that's what I enjoyed about it. Is like you know, it's just comfortable knowing what it is, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that's a genre. The vampire was generally quite creepy. Yeah, especially the kind of old guy one, the, the kind of bodyguard. The first one, one he, he took after the old lady, that was pretty creepy. The kind of, it was sort of all the kind of joint movements yeah. and stuff like that was pretty it's cool. It's good. I enjoyed that. It's almost, I think they've maybe taken a nod from Kareen. Possibly, kind of yeah, definitely, Possibly yes. with the, the kind of movements, because it's all like, you know, flipping over and bending over themselves and yeah. twisting and popping and shit and very kind of Kareen spin on that. Um, so let, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Snoop. Um, so yeah, Snoop Snoop can't act. He's, well, he's Snoop, Snoop Dogg. You know. in this, I felt like he was being Snoop. He wasn't trying to act. It's like you know, no, he, it's like the I, don't think thought, can, right? I think he just tries to be Snoop Dogg. I think that's all he is. That's all he can direct, do. But I think the director got it. He's like, right, we've got Snoop. But do you know what? Fuck it, Snoop. Go be Snoop. Yeah. And, even uh, if I think the final line in the film comes from Snoop Dogg. It was, and it even it is a most, it's a very cliched line. You know. <laughs> And it felt only Snoop Dogg could deliver that line without it being being more cheesy than it actually already was. Yeah, but um, I, I enjoyed Snoop in it. I, like I say, I don't, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, it's not going to worry the world, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was just having fun being Snoop and knowing who he was, the director knows who he is, and it was just, yeah, it's playing those saying, strengths. But yeah. you agree with me, normally his involvement in a film is oh, not yeah. a hallmark of quality. Absolutely, absolutely. And and again, this this isn't, you know, what you would call a fucking high quality film. And that's what I like about it. It knows what it is. It's not aiming, you know, to, to be anything other than, you know, it's, I think it travels on 90 minutes, maybe. 90 minutes, well, maybe, maybe an hour and 40, maybe 100 uh, minutes. But it, it doesn't labour, so it moves quickly. And, you know, they, they kind of know exactly what it is. It's just, it's just a fast paced action comedy, um, you know, with Snoop in it. And that's, Sums up nicely, I think. Like I said, it's, it's a mid nineties movie. Like I said, if, yeah. you, if you double build this with, like, say, Tremors, you wouldn't be in a bad place. 
it's not as good as a classic kind of like sort of those kind of movies, but it's definitely yeah. better than some bad ones. And yeah. in fact, it's on Netflix, you get it for free. Yeah. Enjoy it for that. You know, it's it's there's definitely like I said, I would rather if I was gonna sit down and watch this or the Grey Man again, I would probably sit down and watch this rather than the Grey Man. I felt yeah. I had more I had more fun and enjoyment watching. Uh, stand, the standout scene for me in it was um when the twins were on um, yes. Scott Atkins and who was it? I can't remember who it was, but that 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 scene was fucking amazing. Yeah, like and the again, stunt work, you can't really somebody that knows how to take action and fucking elevate it, you know. Yeah. And, that, 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 ten minute scene, it was just like, oh my God, that was brilliant. When you compare that to something like Black Side, where clearly was a director who didn't really know how to use spectacle and stunt work and that kind of thing, mm. so it felt, that felt lost in it, whereas yeah. the director, at least in, in storytelling, he keeps it simple as storytelling, but he knows how to do spectacle, he knows how to do tell, you know, do the action part. So if you can get by with that, you can enjoy that part. But equally, it's not quite as insane as that film we watched last week, um, Carter, where it's yeah. just... <laughs> Two hours of unending it, where you're completely exhausted by the end of it. Non-stop action. Um, I do have questions about it, so I, I don't care about spoilers because you know who's going to watch this film, really. Yeah. Um, so you get like the 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 kind of girl vampire that turns up and helps him. Uh-huh. It gives you no explanation. Like the plot is yeah. idiotic in terms of it doesn't actually make sense half the time as to why yeah, people's just, motivations don't make sense for the ninety yeah, percent of the film. So it's just like self and why I don't know. Who cares? It's, yeah. <laughs> um, Dave Franco enjoyable. Dave Franco is always enjoyable, but he's not been on yeah. screen for a lot of while. Which yeah, it's, nice. it's nice to see him back. Yeah, he's still adorable. He kind of killed him off. To be honest, he seems like he disappeared for a lot of while. Yeah, and he's there's nothing bad. I can I don't know. I've seen anyway. Anything I've seen them, and it's been like you know, it's been like now you see me too stuff like that. Yeah, um, that was that really bad film we saw that he's in it. He's brilliant. He plays like they go on like Mike, uh, Mike Pancake, who plays the character Mike Pancake. That one to go for is like the it's a business meeting to go on. Yeah, with, uh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the name Mike Pancake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember us laughing our heads off. Terrible film, but he was like a dope. He sold it completely. Yeah, he Aye, did. absolutely. He did. I do, I do have like, an unhealthy appreciation for, for Dave Franco. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I like maybe he's, I don't know. Has he been tarred with the James Franco nonsense? Maybe possibly, it's a, possibly. But Dave Franco is now going to be um, Fidel Castro partly in a film, so that'll be interesting to see. Oh. <laughs> That would work. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you can act as well. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this a lot more than I, I, I kind of went in expecting nonsense, and I came out thinking, yeah, it was nonsense, but enjoyable I nonsense. Enjoyed, yeah. Out of ten, out of ten, six and a half. I give it a six as well for what it yeah. was. Six out, yeah, six out of ten. Absolutely, just um, pure daft nonsense. Watch yeah. it. Go on, it's not, it doesn't cost you anything. Yes, so next week we've got some interesting stuff out. There's one out of the cinema. Um, it's it was actually out in 2020, but it's getting finally getting a proper release. It was made in 2020, finally getting a release here. And that's a film called Girls Can't Surf. And it's a documentary mm-hmm. all about young girls who want to be surfers and basically the world tell them you can't be surfers because you're girls and girls don't do that kind of thing. So it looks really interesting. Oh, um, okay. You can watch that. Um, also, out, it's on Paramount Plus, if you've got Paramount Plus, called Secret Headquarters. It's Owen Wilson as like... Um, these school kids discover like the inner school somewhere. There's like the secret headquarters of the world's evilest villain, and um, played weirdly, I think, by Owen Wilson, which seems very odd casting for the most evil man in the world. It's <laughs> like going against type in names, some isn't yeah. it? Like Owen Wilson's not a bad guy. Yeah, do that. Um, that sounds intriguing. Uh, also, in the cinema this week, we've got um, I think it's a sequel, a prequel, um, Orphan First Kill. I've not seen any orphan films. I don't. You know. No. 
This is got Julia Stiles in it, so it seems like it might be not a bad cast list in it as well. But mm. it's always a bit. I'm always a bit wary of um, uh, prequels to these films. Yeah. They always feel like they're um, cashing in in many ways, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. The, the 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 stories are usually quite piss poor and shoehorned into fit a circumstance. Uh, yeah, you know, like Julia Stiles been in it made me interested. She's always usually does quite solid work. So. Um, I'm, I don't I'm, understand. I know the premise of the film more than no. I, I kind of know the, the kind of big reveal in the shot and stuff like that. So yeah. I don't understand the point in a prequel. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem to. Maybe it's not. It seems like it's a prequel way to set itself up the trailer yeah. for it. So we yeah. could see that. Um, and I'll show. I think there is something else on Netflix. I'll have to text you and let you know what it is. There's something else on Netflix we could we could throw um, in as well. Also, one last bit of movie news that I only found out yesterday, and and I didn't know was happening. Um, there's a new Evil Dead movie coming out. Yes, Evil Dead the, Contingency Evil, or something. Evil Dead Live, Live. Live. Evil, Evil Dead Lives or something, yeah. This year's coming out for it. It's not, it's not directed by Sam. No, he's exact producer on it. Him, him Tarbert and Campbell are producing it. Um, yeah. Intrigued. I think it's about a kind of brother and sister that their family get taken over by demons. Um, ah. And apparently Raymond's said it's terrifying and the amount of blood they use is disgusting. He is going to big it up anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, Remy it's as producer never really convinced me. He's a, he's a yeah. famous producer. He's always been a, he's very good at hyping his films, but I don't think they're very necessarily delivered. Yeah. And I'm and still then, not forgiving him for making me go and watch Poltergeist, the remake, which was yeah, it, it, There's been a few dodgy Sam Remy presents Yes, flicks went yeah. off in the past, but intriguing to see because we're both massive Evil Dead fans. So very much in the bag for anything Evil Dead. We'll go and see it. And, and see very intrigued by it. it and absolutely disgusted by myself that I didn't know this was a thing until yesterday. I didn't know it was out. I knew the one maker. I didn't actually know it was out this year. I thought it was out yeah. next year. To be fair, um, yeah. so yeah, we'll definitely when that comes out, we'll go and see that. Where can oh, we yeah. find this, Colsey? Uh, they can find us on the number three beers in the movie on Gmail, but on Instagram, but on Twitter, and uh, we're on Facebook as well. Um, yes. don't Gmail us because we've kind of we've lost the password. Yeah, we'll set up a new one. Um, you have been a very snuffly Richards, I've been a not so snuffly Colin, and we have been oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, sir. You're Thank you for that, dude. Thank you for that, dude. Three beers in a movie.